HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues that sound. It's gonna get you some. Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Souther T. And I'm Greg Benson. Greg, friend, how are you? I'm hanging in there, man. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I set up my grill and did some grilling out on Memorial Day, but I hear you moved. <laughs> I, I did. That was how I spent my Memorial Day, putting all of my worldly possessions into boxes that I got from the liquor store. Uh, and, the, and, the, and I felt so bad because it's the liquor store directly beneath my apartment. And I feel fairly confident in saying that I'm probably been a pretty good customer for the last 12 months and when i went in you know the guy was like hey man what can i get for you today and i was like boxes i'm moving and i could see i could see the sadness and a little bit of the fear on his face and uh yeah sure, so, he's thinking so, about putting his kids through college yeah, now you've dashed, dashed those hopes i know every time i made a purchase i feel like it went into an envelope that was just labeled like boat fund or something like that so so to the to the wonderful folks that run z and e liquors in bedsty i'm sorry but to everybody else in bedsty check them out they're pretty cool they have rum barbed court the the i don't know if they call it the three stars anymore because now we all live in our black mirror dystopia where we gauge everything on a five-star scale but they have the, uh, the the clear rum which is delicious which is one of my personal favorites so go and buy a lot of it because i won't be there as frequently as i used to you moved to uh where'd you move to <laughs> it's this place called forgot. bay ridge uh, Bay ridge it's like the yeah. other side of the world i'll tell you what it's close to it's close to the ferry and you know what the ferry mm-hmm. has souther a bar. The ferry has a bar. Yes, it is public transportation with a bar. And I feel like New Yorkers don't talk about this enough. I also feel that well, I think if they're keeping the, it hidden like a secret. <laughs> well, I mean, well, it's good. Good luck now that I'm blabbing about it on the radio. But I mean, well, here's what I'll say. If you put a bar on every single subway car in the MTA, complaints about long commutes would go through the floor. This is my theory. Fights would skyrocket, but complaints <laughs> about how long 
the the commutes would take, you just wouldn't hear them anymore. Just a little just a little food for thought, because I'm pretty sure Bill de Blasio listens to this show. Yeah, he definitely does. Uh, well, I got, uh, as I said, uh, you know, I've mentioned on the show recently, I moved as well. And for the first time in my entire time in New York City, I now have a backyard that is private. Well, a backyard at all. I've never had a backyard. And I purchased a big old grill and smoker and uh, fired that thing up for Memorial Day weekend. So I'm feeling pretty, it, it, suddenly I feel like I'm settled into this place. I, we moved here about five, six weeks ago now. So it's a real settling feeling to have a have some friends over and cook some food outside. Yeah, it's like it's the it's something about the first time you have people over and you sort of entertain, you're just like, "Ah, yes, like this is this is my space. I exist here now, you know?" Yeah. That feels pretty good. Yeah, um, my my life is still a labyrinth of boxes, so I'm a little ways away from that, but I'm looking forward to it. Uh looking forward to having some a lot of that just cuz I don't have time to get everything undone. Um, but, uh, you know, largely I think we're pretty settled in, so it feels pretty nice and you'll get there too. And you know, it's not that bad out there. There's a lot of great pizza out that way. So a lot of great fine. pizza, a lot of great Yemeni food, a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of cheap dive bars. Um, <laughs> the, the Irish like Haven. This is right up your alley, pal. Oh, <laughs> You're just fine. I'm yeah. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I'm going to be just fine out here. And I'll still, I'll still make the four hour commute or whatever it is to come and visit you in Bed-Stuy Southern. Uh, Well, who we got in the virtual studio today, pal? Today, we have a new Opte from a bunch of different spots in Seattle. A new, you're actually at one of those spots right now, right? Which, what's the, remind me which one it is. Yeah, I am currently sitting inside Vinny's Wine Shop, which is sort of the adjacent part of Navy Strength. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You're, so, yeah, you're, you have you have partners your... there at Navy Strength, uh, Vinny's Wine Shop, and the bar next door. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of three in a row, which I love. You know, I'm I'm in a complex myself. You've been here. Um, <laughs> the bar next door, you're changing all together, right? Was called No Anchor, right? Right. Yep. It formerly known as No Anchor, uh, our beloved James Beard nominated spot uh, did not fare well during the pandemic, unfortunately. Uh, it's too fancy. Mm. So we're just uh, making it a little more casual, more neighborhoody, throwing some TVs in there. Uh, and we're calling it Tradewinds Tavern, Ex- expanding the patio. It's going to be great. And Souther, I have to tell you, our business model of having a bunch of restaurants uh, in a small vicinity was definitely inspired by you and the restaurant group that you work for. So. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. You have so many places to lean on when you need resources. You know, your ice machine went down. There's one right next door. Um, things like that. You know, you're out of citrus. There's someone next door. It's easy to pull and, and, and lean on yourself in that way. I mean, way. You, have, you, have that, you have that no matter what. So just so long as you, like, can go to the bar next door and really just crank the charm up to 11. Just like, hey, guys, our rag delivery didn't come in today. You happen to be sitting on some spares over here? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's I think the the, the very communal and in, insular nature of our, our field of endeavor in general that that helps, um, and you know, it's, there's plenty of stuff going on in, in your neighborhood as well. Belltown, that's the area, right? Yes. Um, so how do you feel about that? Like, I, I, I'm very curious to talk to people who are having to make changes during the pandemic. We've made a pretty drastic one ourselves. So how do you feel about letting go of again? You said James Beard nominated twice, right? Yeah. One nods. For, yeah, new restaurant and and then for bar program. Um, you know, which is an incredible achievement in its own right. And then to have to say, well, we have to sort of, you know, certainly not throwing out the baby, but we've we got to get rid of the bathwater and start over. Right. Yeah. It, you know, I'm kind of 
torn. It was, you know, because it happened during a pandemic, I wasn't so upset about it. I didn't really feel like it was a huge failure on our part. But at the same time, that fancier concept, the tasting menus, um, I feel like it had run its course in a way and it was time mm -hmm. to start with something fresh and something new and something more community oriented versus um, it was community oriented in the sense that like for our staff and our our employees, our cooks and our front of house, we were a tight knit crew. There was a lot of education and learning. Um, and then we, you know, presented that through hospitality to our neighbors, but now we want to make it really a place where just come and have fun. We put in a buck hunter arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a 180 from what it was before. And I'm really excited about it. I mean, that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm glad you're excited about it, but also, you know, I've been trying to, to come to terms with the things that happened to my businesses during the pandemic. And, you know, this is silly, uh, but I saw a meme. And it was uh, Jean-Luc Picard, you know, Patrick Stewart, yeah. uh, as as the captain. And it just said, you know, oftentimes in life you can do everything right and still not win. Um, so I feel like, you know, a lot of us had to change things that we, they were right. They were doing right. You know, my businesses were quite profitable and successful. And, you know, that didn't matter uh, in, yeah. in the end. So we had Tell to pivot and change and do things. And, you know, that's where we're at. Yeah, I love that quote because I asked myself, what are we winning for or who are we winning for? And mm -hmm. in the example of No Anchor, we were winning for our staff and our chefs getting recognition and for our own like concept of being executed. We loved all that, but were we winning for the neighborhood in that spot? No, we weren't. You know, as soon as the pandemic hit, we recognized that. And so yeah. now we're gonna try and win for our neighborhood. Great. And the Trade Winds Tavern, gonna be a little bit more sort of sporty, it sounds like with a couple of TVs. Yeah. Buck Hunter in the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, is this going to be cocktails at all or just kind of beers and whiskey and have a good time kind of bar? Yeah, there will be cocktails, true fashion to what Chris Elford and I are very passionate about. But all mm. the cocktails there, except for highballs and, you know, we can, they'll be able to execute calls like Manhattans and Martinis. But everything else is going to be on, on tap. So cocktails on draft. Um, there's right. still a heavy focus on beer. And then we'll have a few wines on tap too, but it's going to be a super, you know, it's going to be a sports bar with a huge patio. The patio actually doubles our capacity when it's mm -hmm. open. So everything is just speed-based quality, but let's get it out fast. Absolutely. In Seattle, how many days a year can you sit outside? Every day, That's Souther, every day. <laughs> <laughs> you just have I to mean, have a you really can good technically umbrella. sit outside in the rain and snow but how many days of the year can you serve outside do you think oh uh, you know what it does rain a lot here but even on days where it's sort of misty people will still sit outside so yeah. you know we have our they're equipped they're equipped for it they're they got the gear yeah i right? mean it's like you know you've been to amsterdam or europe and people are people are outside even when it's a little gray yeah so yeah, you know, we're outside right now as well at Spritz by Amori Margo, and it's uh, it's a challenge, man. This past week was a lot of rain, and even though we have the uh, sort of hutch situation out there that everyone in New York has, ours is not watertight, so it was kind of raining inside and out, and oh. yeah, it's, it's make, it Oof. makes it difficult. And New Yorkers are, I don't think, uh, we're tough in a lot of ways, but I don't think we're tough when it comes to weather. I think uh, <laughs> the slightest hint of rain or snow in New Yorkers scurry. So we're facing that challenge as we move into summer. And then the, the, the flip is true as well, by the way. Uh, last year we found out that, man, oh, man, it can be super nice out, but if it's hot, people aren't coming out either. Um, so 
you know, we, we have this kind of small, I feel like it's a small window of like that good weather that's not raining and not too hot. And then we move into the hot part and numbers drop considerably. And then it'll get back to that sort of like good weather, not too hot and not raining. And then, then it's wintertime. Yeah. So. There's like that week in May and that week in September when it's nice in New York. And then other than that, it's just like, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> or, well, not, not don't bother, but that New Yorkers can't be bothered. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Bothered. That's true. Can't be bothered. If I have to wear my raincoat while I'm sitting having a drink. I'm not going to do it. Um, that's what they think. Uh, but it sounds pretty exciting and it sounds like you're excited about it. Is it, it, it when will it be open? Well, like a <laughs> <laughs> long pregnant pause. Yeah. Um, we are shooting for June 11th pending staffing. So we are looking for line cooks. Line cooks are the biggest challenge we've found so far in hiring. Um, mm. Front of house is coming along great. And yeah, we're just kind of waiting. We got a kitchen manager that's awesome. And we hired a consulting chef for this, which is something we've never done before. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's turned out really awesome. He's a great guy named Dustin. Um, so June 11th, fingers crossed. What's the what's the cuisine going to be like? Uh, you know, I know that the the former place, James Beard, nod. So it was pretty, you know, like you said, a little, little fancy. What's the cuisine going to be like at the new trade winds? We're taking a lot of inspiration from the Midwest. Honestly, uh, we have a few employees, including the GM, Thor Messer, who is from the Midwest. Uh, so we're doing fried cheese curds, um, fried mm. pickles. It's pub fare, but elevated. You know, I I don't really know how to describe that type of food because I kind of hate saying elevated pub food. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just really good <laughs> food. Uh, we're going you know, to do like a, just a delicious smash burger, like simple, small, yes. like not this overwhelmingly giant burger. And Souther, I know you only eat one a year. So four, four a year. I'll save one four. for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one, one per season. Okay. Um. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to make it extra seasonal for you when you get your. Definitely come out and have a smash burger and some fried cheese curds and play some Buck Hunter and drink some whiskey. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this place sounds appealing as as hell. Yeah. Um, where Trade Winds is that? Where, where's the name come from? So the uh, Trade Winds uh, was a bar. Uh, I should know the deck, the era. I think, believe it was in the fifties, but it was only a couple of blocks away from where No Anchor is. So just an homage to an old tropical style bar that was in the Belltown neighborhood. Belltown has always been very blue collar, working class, um, a lot of fishermen, a lot of um, people working on boats. And uh, so this new bar, Tradewinds Tavern, is is paying homage to that as well, paying homage to the working class, um, people who want to eat, drink, hang out, play Buck Hunter, do all the things you said. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it sounds very like, uh, you know, super warm and welcoming. Sounds like it's, you know, uh, hearkening back to a, a quote unquote simpler time, maybe. Uh, you know, we always think of the times that passed are simpler, but I'm sure that they were all sitting there thinking the time before theirs was simpler. Um, yeah. So it just keeps going back to the beginning. <laughs> uh, but it sounds super inviting, and I can't wait to my next trip to Seattle and get out there and check it out. Yeah, I'm excited. What? Uh, so so now you've got Rob Roy, which has been there for what 13 years now. How old is Rob Roy? Yeah, it'll be 13 in August, which I feel like this is such a fitting time to turn 13 <laughs> <laughs> is that lucky or an unlucky number who knows you know what it was a uh, pele's soccer number and so i'm going to say that it's it's lucky it's been a good you number know. for me yeah yeah right on i mean rob roy is uh, 
uh, kind of a, uh, set the tone in Seattle, right, for, for cocktailing and what we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I when I bought that bar, there weren't a lot of cocktail bars in Seattle. You know, there was Zigzag, which I would visit all the time, and maybe two others. And now there's, you know, 50, hundreds, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we've been cranking along for 13 years, and it's still Rob Roy, and I love that. Yeah, you got any plans for a sort of 13-year celebration, or is it just going to be yep, business as usual? Well, you know, I just realized it was going to be 13 years uh, like about a week ago, so I threw it out to the staff. Um, so I'm just waiting to hear their ideas. We'll we'll have a big party, um, you know, invite back past bartenders like we always do on our anniversary, mm -hmm. and just have a good time. I mean, yeah, that's always a blast to have have people come back and get 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 back on. Yeah. get back on the bar and and you know show maybe what they've learned what they brought what they what they got when they were there as well right yeah and then navy strength is all throughout the pandemic you guys were doing to-go cocktail packages because in seattle you still can't do to-go cocktails is that still correct you so they extended the law to 2023 so we'll be able to do to-go cocktail kits and to-go cocktails as long as they're sealed when they go out the door so, you know, you can't have a, a lid with a straw hole in it, um, that sort of thing. And, so I was going to yeah. say, in, in New Orleans, the, the lid technically counts as a seal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think some bars are getting away with that here. Um, I mean, what does sealed mean? Can I put it in a court container with a lid on it? Is that sealed? What is sealed? You know, so early on in the pandemic, yes, people were definitely doing that. But then, like, wrapping it in saran wrap or taping it oh, just I to, see. like, put a little extra... I don't know. Put just, on there. Yeah, put just a little like have a nice day sticker over like the yeah. little straw hole. Like, here you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kids not. can't get at this. <laughs> we um, at Navy Strength early, uh, we ordered those like, unfortunately plastic, but those plastic bottles that have like the juice bottles you see at stores. Like the sure, with the tamper evident cap that you can screw on. Yep, exactly. So that worked great. Uh, nut, it, nut crackers here in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. And then at, at, at um, Rob Roy, we just got those little heat gun strips that you put around the lid and heat gun it, closes it up, like seals the, the top. Yeah. Man. yeah. So much fun, fun for pranks, too, those are. Food for thought. <laughs> yeah. so, well, you're giving me ideas. Gun. I thought of that. Swap it out for someone's hairdryer. Um, just in time for the 13th birthday party, too. It's going to be yeah. hilarious. Great. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of hurdles to have to go through. You know, here we, in New York, anyway, we can sell to-go cocktails just, you know, in a, in a cup with a lid or not even a lid, I think you can get away with. Uh, of course, all of mine are in bottles. All my products are shelf-stable anyway. So I sell them in, uh, you know, 100, 200, 500, and, and full liter bottles. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so you can get, you know, a, bottle of Negr a liter bottle of Negronis is like 10 drinks, you know, so... Uh, so people can pick them up in bulk at my shop, which has been very, very helpful for us. Has that been helpful for you to do those sort of things? Yes and no. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's been great at Navy Strength. Um, you know, it's not paying the rent, but it's paying our employees to work. Um, Rob Roy, we did sort of the like same sizing format that you just talked about, Souther. Um, but, you know, Robbery is just known for its dark, cave-like ambiance, and people want to be in there. Yep. And, yes, the drinks are delicious for takeout and to-go, but they are a little more expensive. They were a little more mm -hmm. expensive than what, you know, like, even Navy Strength down, you know, a block away, what we were selling here. 
Um, so we had to make a lot of changes to our beverage program to make the takeout and to-go cocktails a little more uh, appealing to take home. Um, and it was just slow. Like we were, we were just open Friday and Saturday for a few hours for online order pickup only. And to be honest, we didn't, we didn't make enough money to even cover labor. Yeah. No, I, I've had some similar hurdles with this process. Again, similar to what you just said, my bar, uh, I think a, a large portion, the, the greater portion of what my bar is all about is being in there. So to grab the cocktail, to grab a Sharpie mustache and go uh, is not the same experience for the for the consumer. Still delicious, of course, but like you're not in that room that, that speaks to what we do. And so, yeah, we've had a little bit of the, a little bit gets lost in translation, I think is what it comes down to. Um, but it's, and similarly, I feel like it's, uh, you know, it's not paying all the bills, but it's paying some of them. So we can't ignore it either. Yeah. There are those days where we don't even break even. So it's, you know, it's been tough. It's been a tough time. Um, anyway, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back and keep talking to Anu, uh, about what's going on, uh, in her life, uh, as she's opening up this new place, uh, and moving forward with other uh, cool things that she's doing uh, with uh, things like Portland Cocktail Week uh, and Diageo Bar Academy. So stay tuned, everybody. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat. And it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble. Great for omelets, frittatas, stir-fries, and French toast. There's also a frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing and Bon Appetit says, It's so good, I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st hrn. Hey, Greg, did you know 40% of food is unused or wasted at farmer's markets? What? 40%? That's huge. 40% is massive. It's nearly half. Yeah. Uh, and did you know that imperfect or, or bruised fruits and vegetables are 100% perfect for making cocktail syrups? I, I, that, I mean, it stands to reason. It's, you know, they can, they can be ugly and, and lumpy on the outside, but still just as tasty and delicious on the inside. Why not? That, that's right. Uh, well, listen, our pal Adam Formier, who, by the way, is the Diageo World Class USA winner this year, has started a project called So Fresh and So Glean. Uh, he's out there encouraging <laughs> bartenders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, ripping, I see what he did there. 
Straight from the headlines. Uh, he's out there encouraging bartenders to adopt uh, their local farmer's markets to repurpose some of the unusable produce. Uh, unusable. I don't think it's unusable. It's just not the prettiest, right? Exactly. Um, yeah. Ugly veggies you know, need love, too. An opportunity to create sort of micro-seasonal cocktail syrups. Uh, and he's out there trying to raise awareness around food insecurity and reducing waste in our bars and venues in general, which I think are all noble things to do. Uh, and where do, you, where do you think you can learn more about this, pal? Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, DiagioBarAcademy.com. Is that am I am I uh, in the ball, the general ballpark? Am I getting warm? You're in the right ballpark. That's hosting the <laughs> farmers market this weekend. Uh, yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, Diageo Bar Academy. You know, it's a great resource for a lot of uh, a lot of things, and I think this this project uh, uh, is is very cool, right? To get people to take note uh, of the waste that we that we generate and and try and you know salvage some of that. I think it's very noble. Absolutely. And also, I mean, when you think farmers markets, you think, you know, I mean, yes, you were you were buying from people who probably have, you know, a more sustainable approach to uh, their, you know, the way that their food gets from where it is in the ground to you than a lot of your big box grocery stores out there. But, you know, there's no, the, the system isn't perfect. And I really like that this is coming along to say, hey, you know, let's let's encourage these uh, these systems, these systems that encourage a more kind of like direct from farm to consumer uh, chain of command and see if we can't make it even better. Like, I think that rules. I'm all about that. Yeah, so am I. And I, 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 I again, I really applaud Diageo Bar Academy for having all of these resources out there. And again, we say it all the time. It's free stuff, right? You can get free training and resources for uh, every member of your team. Uh, even just a casual uh, enthusiast can join. Uh, you don't have to be a professional to get in this group. Uh, there's plenty of members-only content like e-learnings and downloadable tools. Uh, there's some masterclass events with uh, industry experts from all over the world. That's cool. Um, so, you know, it's tons and tons of stuff. And again, uh, a resource that they're making available to everyone for free. So that tears down those, uh, you know, barriers for entry for anyone. As long as you can get a hold of the internet, I think you can get get on, get on board with... Uh, um, with Diageo Bar Academy. Uh, and easy to find, roll, right? Man. Nobody loves What's a paywall. That? Nobody loves a paywall. And absolutely, super easy to find, super free. It's at diageobaracademy.com, which is D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Uh, you can just go in there, sign up for the newsletter, poke around, see what see what strikes your interest. They got something for everybody. It's really, you, you won't regret it, trust me. Yeah, get on board. And we are back. You were listening to the Speakeasy on Heritage Radio Network. Today we're talking with a new opte from Seattle about a lot of different things, a lot of the different projects that you're working on, a lot of some of the the bar flips that you're doing. And uh, I also definitely want to talk to you about this uh, mental health program that you're working on for hospitality professionals, because that's something we talk about both simultaneously a lot and not enough. I think it's something that yeah. I'm glad that it is uh, coming to the forefront of our industry, uh, but it is not anywhere near as much of a focus as it needs to be. So can you walk us through a little bit about how you got involved in that and kind of what your program that you have in Seattle, not San Francisco, is trying <laughs> to do? Yeah, so I uh, I have my bachelor's degree in behavioral science. Um, I am like very like a lot of other Indians in the U.S. I'm a med school dropout or a pre med dropout. <laughs> I can you know. Is that common? Uh, yes, I mean it's getting more and more common because we're you know discovering that we can do whatever we want. Uh, <laughs> um, but you know that was the, 
uh, I'm totally aging myself, but that was 15 years ago. And then I got into the bar industry. My mom is also, or was, she's retired, but she was a psychiatric nurse practitioner. Um, so there was always a link to mental health in my life, or at least talking about it, or at least like keeping it in the back of my mind. Um, and then, so for a couple of years, I've just been thinking about how I can get back into a supportive role for the hospitality industry. Now that I'm a restaurant and bar owner, and I have an amazing staff, incredible management, I'm not needed to jump into shifts or, you know, work the late hours that I, I used to. And I feel that like, I keep feeling myself being pulled into how can I support my team? How can I support this industry as a whole? Um, so early pandemic, I enrolled to get my posts back in, um, psychology at UC Berkeley and I'm almost done with that. And then my goal is to enroll in some, uh, doctorate programs and see where that takes me. And I honestly, I don't really know what I will do with that yet, but I do know that it will be hospitality restaurant and bar, uh, focused. So, I mean, I think that's that's incredible, and and as Greg said, a topic that we touch on it seems like a lot, but also it's not enough. Um, and I think it's a you know a resource that that is needed out there, uh, or in here in our in our world anyway. And I think that you're such a, I don't know, you're such a comfortable and inviting person to be around in general. I think that you'll I think you'll be a great uh, you know spearhead in that in that direction. I don't know. I think people will be drawn to maybe seeking your advice and counsel and help uh, if that's what it comes to. Thank you, Souther. That really means a lot to me. It, it really does. Um, yeah. They're so charming. <laughs> I try. <laughs> uh, that's the thing. I don't think you do. I think it's just natural. Oh. Just boiling out of you all the time. Yeah. That's my Indian ancestry just coming up to the top. Those yoga roots. Uh, <laughs> you know, the other part of it, though, is that I really love taking classes. I love school. I've always loved school. Always. Yeah. Um, That's your Indian heritage, too, probably. <laughs> you know, okay, I don't think my sisters will listen to this, but I don't I don't think they got that part. But <laughs> uh, I'm the I'm the black sheep in the family in that sense is that I just love school and I love classes and like part of bartending and be in the hospitality industry too are like these amazing classes that you can take through things like the Diageo Bar Academy. Um, mm -hmm. They have these master classes that on their website you can click on and like learn. It's endless learning through the Diageo Bar Academy. And that just reminds me a lot of like these online classes that I'm taking at UC Berkeley. There's, it's just like really invigorating, really exciting. Um, well, I think it's important to point out that, you know, any other field of endeavor that's that's considered professional, uh, there's constant learning, ongoing learning, right? And I feel like we're finally getting to that space in our field of endeavor, which we have certainly kind of for the past couple of decades stomped our feet to get the attention and, and be taken seriously. So if we want to be taken seriously as professionals, we have to do the things that other professionals do, which is continue our education, get better at our positions, move things forward, bring things into the light, et cetera. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, I think that last year put a lot of things online. It like forced us to, yeah. all, you know, go online. And um, it's great because bartenders have the craziest, you know, schedules. You can't really be like, today is a class day because somebody might call in sick and then you have to jump behind the bar. But when it's all online and with clickable links, it's like you, re there's really no excuse to not continue your education 
Well, yeah, especially when we're talking about Bar Academy, like uh, the the one hurdle that I can see being in your way besides timing, which you just eliminated, is cost. And this is free. Uh, And it's quality stuff. I think it's... um, you know, it's uh, there's plenty of people on the list of the master classes uh, we were talking about off air that are like known professionals throughout the world uh, who, are, who are getting in there and sharing what they got. And I think it's it's incredible. Yeah. yeah it's and really- I, oh, sorry. Uh, I was. I, just I was you go. You go. <laughs> no, you hang up first. <laughs> I was just going to say really quickly that, you know, part of uh, our issue right now is hiring people because there's everyone's opening and it's like staffing is so hard. And so being able to fit in trainings while we're hiring to be able to open as soon as possible has been a real challenge. Um, On the Bar Academy website, they have all of these courses for managers, which alleviates time for me to like continue hiring while, you know, I've hired a manager and I'm like, here, take these courses. Let's talk about them after. That's just been like a huge help. Yeah, and, sure. and this is actually great because that's an even better segue into what I was going to say earlier, which is that, you know, I, I love that, you know, there's a resource that is available 24-7 and free because, you know, I mean, we've all tried to run trainings or classes or just like any sort of like education thing at a, a, a bar. And the problem is, if you're the sort of place that opens at 11 and goes until 4 a.m., your choice is to get the entire staff there for training are either do it at nine o'clock in the morning when a lot of people are going to just miss the train. So sorry, can't make yeah. it. Or, you know, just you're going to have to say, well, you know, you, you and you, you got to work. Sorry, <laughs> maybe yeah. swing by and try some of this. I don't know. Black IPA or whatever that I have, like when when you can like come by and steal a sip, but you've still got to, you know, someone's got to run the show. So I think it's really cool that there are these resources that you can access in the middle of the afternoon on a day off or at 3 a.m. If you just got back from your shift and you're still all fired up and you don't want to go to bed just yet. I think that's that's rad. Yeah. On demand learning. Pretty, you know, that's that's the way the world is going. Um, well, it's, you know, just you just have your finger in so many pies all the time. I knew I, th- I think it's pretty incredible. I don't know how I don't know how you possibly keep up with it all. Um, <laughs> you know, you're also a yoga instructor. Um, and then now you're doing something with the National Museum of American History about the uh, with the 200th anniversary of the, our Star Spangled Banner. What's that all about? Yeah, well, that has come and passed, come and gone. Oh, um, that was a couple of years ago. Oh, and- oh, sorry, I'm looking at my notes now. I see yeah, it was several years ago. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, it the the flag is still there. Turns out it's still. It's like, <laughs> it's still um, yeah, oh, say, still can you see? Still waving. <laughs> Uh, that was a really special moment in my career to be able to create a cocktail specifically for the 200th anniversary of the Star Spangled Banner um, and and go to D.C. and present at a lovely banquet they had and then see the new um, or it was new then uh, exhibit of the actual flag that was flown and to see just like how people have treated it over the years. It was, you know, held privately for a long time. And there's all these little pieces that are cut out of it because people would just like want a piece of this history. So these little squares <laughs> all over the flag are just cut out. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm from DC and I'm a big history buff. So this, this, this checks all of the boxes for me. So I have to ask, what did you do? Like, how do you even begin to start designing a cocktail for something like this? Well, uh, oh gosh, now you're jogging my memory of the cocktail I made. Um, I made, you know, a, a 
the cocktail is inherently American, right? But the old fashioned to me is just a, you know, iconic cocktail. We're known for it at Rob Roy. Um, I did a rum based old fashioned, uh, you know, there's a lot of history with bootlegging rum runners, uh, American sure. history, good or bad. Um, it was a rum old fashioned, uh, served on a large piece of ice, you know, really old school. And then I used some edible, uh, gold glitter, just like sprinkled over the top to mimic the way Capital that building. the capital, well, to mimic the way that the fireworks that were oh, well, sure. not fireworks necessarily, well, it was fireworks, but it was also gunfire. Um, the way that it would reflect in the water as, uh, you know, the, the thing was being, um, the thing, the song, the poem, Francis Scott Key. There we go. There's the name. Uh, <laughs> while it was being written, all of this was happening in the background. Sure. I mean, that sounds like really awesome. Uh, and how, how do you, I think this is a question I have for you because I feel like I get a few uh, things lobbed at me per, I don't know, year, but you, I feel like you get asked to do a lot of things and you say yes to them, but h how do you get in front of these people? Who, wh why are people saying to themselves, you know who we need for this? Anu, That's, she's going to be perfect. <laughs> well, as you mentioned, I have my fingers in a lot of pies and that's just because I really like pie. And so I can't yeah. say no. Sure. Um, I, I don't know how to answer that question, Slither to be honest. Um, what, why I, are you so popular? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what makes you so great? It's yeah. that twinkle in my eye. Um, <laughs> I, I think to be dope. honest, uh, you know, to use a phrase that is not normally thought of as being a, a phrase people want to be stuck with. Uh, but I'm kind of a jack of all trades and truly yeah. a master of none. Mm. I, I'm not like, <laughs> And, you know, uh, and that's probably a weird thing to say about myself, but I'm proud of that because I can do a lot of things, but also I'm truly not a master of anything, which I think allows me to be open to learning and listening to people who are masters mm -hmm. in certain trades and certain things. And um, maybe that makes me, you know, easy to work with because I can like help on a project and be the person that can, can help on it, but I'm not the master of that skill or that trade or the thing that's being taught or the project that's being done. Sure. Well, it. sure. And it, and it, and it gives you a certain level of humility where you can still let yourself be open to like new concepts and new education and new experiences. Like I am deeply suspicious of anybody who self describes as an expert in something like people can have other people describe, like, you know, be like, Oh, I mean, we, Southern and I, we get uh, guest pitches a lot for this show, and I can't tell you how many of them have the word expert in them. Like, if you want to have yeah. your PR person call you an expert, fine, whatever. But anybody who self-describes as an expert, I'm deeply suspicious because that tells me that they have reached a point where they're like, I'm good. I don't need to learn anything else. Yeah. I am. I have got it, and there's nothing else for me to learn. And I think that that is a foolhardy way to approach anything, particularly something that, you know, you, you care about and or have built your career around, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. I just, I, you know, I feel like I see you everywhere. You know, your face pops up on, on stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, look, I was doing that too. Oh. Um, and, and you've done so many things in the past, you know, like I just said something about Portland Cocktail Week and you've been uh, up at, uh, in Canada doing cocktail weeks. And of course, I see you at Tales of the Cocktail every year and uh, stuff with, uh, you know, world class from Diageo. And like, I just see your face kind of everywhere. You're sort of ubiquitous in the, in the industry. 
Yeah, I. You feel I, that way, or am I just? Is this my perception? Um. Well, I. I'm very flattered by that perception. I. Uh, I love it. I do. I. I don't know. I, I was about to say I get bored. It's not that I get bored. I just like to do different things all the time. So I think that's why being a restaurant owner is great for me because I can be the plumber one day and then I can be the maitre d' the next. Uh, and so I feel the same way about going to cocktail conferences and teaching classes. If somebody approaches me with a really cool, you know, opportunity to be on a podcast or something, uh, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> going to say absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is the this is the coolest thing I've had to do since that flag job. This is great. Flag <laughs> yeah. thing. The flag thing was red. Uh, you know, uh, I hope to be honest, um, I, I have learned to say no this past year to a oh, few like. things. Yeah, I was, you know, I, I tend to overextend myself like a lot of people in the in our industry. And I did say no to a couple of things. And man, it like really messed with my head for a couple of days. Like that guilt of like, why did I say no? I need to do it. And mm -hmm. then I just you know, did some yoga, took some deep breaths and was like, oh, fuck, I don't have to do that. Uh, sorry, yeah. I don't know if I can say that word. Um, I know. It's not fresh fucking air. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a really weird sort of learning curve after learning to say no. Yeah, it's uh, that's been one of my problems as well. Uh, and I think similarly to what you just said, I think I think if you're in this field of endeavor in general, you're pretty alpha, you know, you're pretty outgoing, pretty outspoken, um, you know, it's just the type of people that get drawn to this field. And then if you start getting good at it, then you just want to sort of consume as many projects as you can uh, to kind of keep feeding that fire within yourself. And yeah, I definitely this past year did a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff. Holy cow, this past year. Um, but also I started learning to be able to say no and feel okay about it. Like I do, as you said, there's a little bit of guilt when I say no. To, like I'm like, wow, this person reached out to me. I feel guilty saying no, right? Well, I yeah. think it's because we're, we're, uh, you know, we're curious people. We're people who like to be busy and we're people who have built our lives around making other people happy yeah. <laughs> and saying no to a project. Oh, and we like fun. That's the other component of this dangerous mixture. So if we're given a project that sounds fun, that our involvement will make someone happy, that will give us something else to, you know, learn about and something to keep ourselves busy to be in a position where you have to say no to that. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm with the two of you. It's never fun, but it's a very important skill to learn how to do it. If you want to stay sane. Yes. Cool. Anu, how can people get a hold of you? <laughs> now, how can people get a hold of you if they want to ask you to do jump for them? Um, how can people get a hold of you or find out more about what's going on with your multiple locations there in Seattle? Uh, oh, um, well, my private phone number is 5575. Five, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, 8675. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my name is Jenny, if you call. Um, I... <laughs> I feel like Instagram really is the best way. I am yeah. David. I, 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 I still kind of open into the question, but the answer I'd say 99 out of 100 times now is Instagram. People say Instagram. So what's your handle? What are the handles? Yeah. Uh, well, if you check out my personal page, it's Dayglow Beige, um, which that's a funny. Nice. Yeah. When I was, I, I found an old journal of mine, like I was in, I don't know, elementary school. And I wrote down that my favorite color was fluorescent beige. Uh, I don't, I don't, there's no, there's nothing else written on that page. <laughs> and, uh, I think it was around the time when I realized I was brown and I lived in a very white neighborhood and I was like, I'm just like 
fluorescent beige. Um, so a, about a year or two ago, I changed my Instagram handle to Dayglow Beige because fluorescence is just too long. But I was going to say is that to, to me, the caveat of the story is that it also tells me that fluorescent beige was taken as an Instagram. I don't think it is. But neon beige was taken. I did try that. Ah. Uh, Day glow beige. So that, that's where people can check you out on Instagram and on there. I'm sure it lists all the handles for Navy Strength, uh, soon to be trade wins, obviously Rob Roy, etc. Correct? Yep, that's correct. Um, and of course, if you're visiting Seattle, please go and check out the news spots. They're all charming as fuck. Oh, and Vinny's. I forgot. To, I always keep keep forgetting to mention Vinny's because I haven't actually seen Vinny's. I, I saw it when it was the juice shop. Um, oh, right. I didn't get to see Vinny's yet, uh, but so Vinny's is kind of sandwiched in between Navy Strength and Trade Winds, and it's uh, all natural wine and oyster bar, right? Yes. Yep. We're, like, we're slowly bringing back the raw bar aspect of it. That you know that concept didn't do too well in a pandemic either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shared plates of food? No. Um, yeah. Well, I, that concept I think is delightful. You know, you can have yourself a nice sort of tropical inspired cocktail at Navy Strength, uh, and maybe get a, a heartier snack and and a beer at uh, at the soon to be open Trade Winds, and then pop in for just some wine and oysters at Vinny's. And then, of course, just a block away to Rob Roy and have some cocktails in a dark den. Um, like you're really buttoning up the area over there. It's pretty great. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And don't forget the goldfish crackers. They're free at Rob Roy. Come get them. <laughs> <laughs> I did forget the goldfish crackers. Uh, and they are free. They just keep that bowl sliding out there towards you, um, which encourages yet another drink. Um, well, thanks so much for spending your time with us this afternoon. Really a pleasure to hear your voice and have you on. Uh, we're way overdue for in-person visits. Um, I can't wait to get out your way. I can't wait for you to come out my way. I uh, can't wait to be traveling again and doing all that fun stuff. And really just appreciate your time. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Well, that's it for this week's episode of The Speakeasy. Tune in to Heritage Radio Network uh, for many more shows just like this one. Click on the beating heart on our website, uh, heritageradionetwork.org, to donate and keep shows like ours on the air. Thanks, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The devil runs his groove in them rhythm and blues. That's him. It's gonna get you The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.